right, guys, welcome back. We are on episode nine of the Footy Pod. Uh, today's guest, I've actually only met once previously, but uh, he's someone that I know in the community, the, the soccer community. He owns a, another UPSL club in the area called NTX Legends. And uh, he reached out to me recently, hearing our podcast, and wanted to come on the show and tell his story. So I'll actually be hearing his story for the first time today, along with you guys. Richard, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, son. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, where are you from? So, my name is Richard Aguirre, and I am from Denton, Texas. That's where my team, North Texas Legends, is actually uh, based out of. I was born and raised there, so I've lived there for a little bit over 30 years now. Awesome, awesome. So you went to high school there? Yes, I went to high high school school there. I went to Denton Ryan High School. Uh, Middle school, I went to Strickland and uh, elementary. I went to a few, actually. uh, Newton Racer, um, Robert E. Lee, and yeah, those are the two. Okay, and you played soccer growing up? I played soccer, yes. Okay. Uh, I played soccer my what whole position? life. Uh, multiple. Yeah. If you ask my coaches, <laughs> if you ask every single one of my coaches, they'll probably give you a different answer. Versatile. Yeah, but uh, I guess the the position that most people see me as would be center back. Alright. But when I made the jump to uh, semi-pro, I'd been playing as a as a forward or a left to forward last cool. season that was that was my primary role awesome so you played varsity all four years club like what, what was your what was your background no actually and that's one of the reasons I decided to come on the show with you uh, or the podcast is because not everybody gets the luxury of playing club soccer uh, I am a rec player since the start since I was four years old I played rec uh, my brother and I actually, my brother, I have a brother Alfred that's a year younger than me. He he would play a year up, so uh, we were actually the superstars in the Denton yeah. Rec, Denton Soccer Association. We went to a few, uh, what are they called, Champions League tournaments? Or okay, Tournament of Champions. Right, right. Was. So we we represented Denton there for a few a few years, and that was fun. Love it, big time, big yeah. time. So, did you play in high school? Yes, I played in high school. I was a, a three-year varsity player. I uh, didn't get much playing time my sophomore year, but uh, junior year and senior year, yeah, got some playing time. Uh, my coach, which both of my coaches actually are still there at the high school. Really? Right in high school. Still right. Yeah, coach yeah. Trowbridge was our JV coach at the time, and he's now the head coach. Uh, coach Lamont, I think he was on his first year, my, my senior year. As the head coach, and he is the JV ladies coach, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So, how did you guys do during your time? Were you guys successful? <laughs> That's actually a funny story. Uh, no, we weren't very good. Not at all, huh? No. Uh, <laughs> we had, you know, we tried. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember one of the, I remember very vividly one of the things that our coach or our philosophy, Chris Lamont's philosophy at the time was, Hey, we may not be better than any of these teams, or we may not be better than most of these teams, but we will run them to the ground. So a lot of our our focus during practices was, you know, fitness. Mm. Uh, you lose the ball, go get it. Yeah. You know, you make a mistake, go fix it. 
and that's that's what we relied on and uh, it worked at times I mean it kept us in a lot of games but you can only go so far with that sure. mentality in my well, that's what you got to do sometimes, you know. A lot of the high school teams that maybe don't have the technical quality of some of the uh, bigger high schools that have a lot of club players and things like that, like the way that you compete, the way that you stay in games is you just press. You play aggressively, you work your butts off, and and whenever you get the ball, you look to get in behind. And yeah. that's and that's pretty much all you can hope for. Like you're not going to – you can't go in there expecting to control a game. You know, it's not going to happen, but – in high school soccer, anything can happen. So you just got to go and try to make something happen. Yeah, and uh, that same philosophy that coach engraved in our heads has stuck with me for the rest of my life, yeah. actually. And I, I appreciate the fact that he drilled that into our head because uh, even at, at the time now, you know, going back to Ryan High School, I've been, gone to a few of their games, and, and there's a lot of grit in those kids in, the, yeah. in that team. Uh, I don't know. I don't think there's very many that play club, um, but they can hang with cl club players, uh, and they got heart and they got passion, and they they don't give up until the game is over. Yeah. And that's one thing that I think we lacked before was we weren't disciplined. Um, the team that that's playing now, I mean, I don't think they're getting a lot of great results. But the kids have grit and they have passion and they don't give up. And, and I love seeing that. Uh, and going back on the fact that not everybody gets an opportunity to play club soccer. I mean, let's be real. It's, it's expensive. It's expensive. It huh? it's a, a, that's another reason why I didn't go and play uh, college soccer. You know, I went straight into the work workforce. I... I wanted to play college soccer. I went and visited a few colleges, but I mean, you go and visit a, a college in Kansas and they tell you, hey, I'm gonna give you a scholarship. Well, how much? Oh, 2,500, 3,000, e even if they offer you five to 10,000. I mean, at the end of the day, what, you're still looking at about a $30,000 tuition for the year, that's, that's a ridiculous number that many aren't able to afford. Yeah, and uh, so I did. I did get a couple offers, um, and I wanted to go play. Don't get me wrong, but I knew the financial restraint that I was going to put on my parents. And I just, I'm I'm a numbers guy. I've always been a numbers guy. I'm, I'm very analytical, and it, it just didn't make sense. I I, I believe the college that. I was gonna go uh, that I went to see was McPherson in Kansas, and another one was Central Christian College in Kansas as well. Okay. And I visited the campus, and it was a nice campus, you know, kind of little older. Yeah. Little, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I don't know. They just had older buildings, and their their computers were outdated, and. I don't know, their lunchroom was outdated and their dorms were a little outdated. And not to knock, knock them for it, I mean, they had a great soccer program, but I just couldn't justify coughing up $30,000 for something that I could go to UNT down the street from home um, and have really nice computers and yeah. not the, the 95, Windows 95 version. 
Um, so I made a decision to stay, and uh, and I don't regret it. Love it. I love my life. I, lo I love the decision that I made. And uh, yeah, and then I have my own semi-pro soccer team. So that's so you ended up going to UNT then. That I was did. your decision. Um, yeah, I guess we'll jump yeah. into that. Uh, I no, I went to North Central Texas College. That's where okay. I started my my uh, my college, and I went for a year, and I did okay. I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna say I did great. Cause getting by college is not for everybody. Yeah, that's one thing that that I want to throw out there. Well, school in general is not for everybody. Yeah, it's not for everybody, and I found that out the hard way. I went, I went, I got decent grades, um, and then uh, I got my job, which I am at currently, a quality liaison services of North America, um, just by chance. Started working. And then not even, you know, six months into it, I was given the opportunity to become a uh, plant manager or for, for the company that I work for. So, you know, I had a decision, you know, do I want to continue going to school or do I want to take this risk and go into corporate America and start a career in something that, you know, I'm not sure I want to do this for the rest of my life. And at the time, I didn't want to do it for the rest of my life. I, I still don't know if I want to do it for the rest of my life. But, I mean, I've been doing it for almost 12 years now. And yeah. and it, it pays the bills. I, I make a really great living. Uh, you know, I'm a senior representative now. I, I, I help bring that company, started it from almost the ground floor to where the point where we have almost 100 employees across North America and we have uh, branches in South America as well and in Europe and, and it's great but like I said like college wasn't for everybody you know like one thing that I want to say to kids out there that are maybe on the fence about college you know find a trade you like editing videos learn how to make videos I mean nowadays you can find anything on YouTube mm -hmm. uh, Love playing soccer or coaching or something. Be a go getter. Go go and find somebody online. Go and find somebody on Instagram. Similar to how I found you. Like, hey Sean, what's up? Yeah. Hit him up. So uh, that's one thing that I wanted to say. But awesome. So um, then, I mean, obviously you have to have some bit of passion for what you do for investing. As much as you have into the company for this long, definitely. I mean, I owe uh, the company that I work for. I owe everything. I've had a great life. I've traveled the world. I've uh, been able to provide a, a great life for my wife and my son, mm. who is going to be two soon. Um, very grateful for my boss. You know, he's actually become a mentor. So anytime that I have any, any. Uh, questions whether it be life business even when it comes to soccer because what we're doing is essentially a business yeah uh so yeah he's been my mentor so i've learned from him i watched him do what he does i've i've uh i interact with people with a lot of power you know plant managers quality managers engineers i i learned the business i 
I guess in a way, I have, I have people that come out of college with a bachelor's degree or even a master's, even a PhD, come to me and ask me for uh, suggestions or how do you do this? Because I've been in the industry for almost 12 years now and <clears throat> I'm good at what I do. Why? Because I ask questions. Because yeah. when I didn't know what I was doing, I, I was there with, you know, let me just throw in another, Dr. Williamson, um, you know, when he's doing his paperwork or when he's doing his root cause analysis or corrective actions, I'm there in his ear asking him, well, what are you doing and why are you doing it? How do you do it? Trying to figure it out. And I learned it. Yeah. And I know it, you know. That's but, the only uh, way to learn anything. By asking questions. Yeah. You know? Of course. And uh, and an, another thing is, uh, you know, I, I'm a, I love reading. You know, I love reading. I love listening to self-help or things that, that are going to help you progress in life. Because yeah. knowledge is power and especially specialized knowledge. You know, if you have something that, that you're interested in or that you love, such as soccer, then read up on it. Learn yeah. it. Watch the game. Watch, watch. Uh, you know the European Championships like today. You know I'm a Chelsea fan. Unfortunately, we got our butt beat today by Bayern. Smacked, smacked. You know, but sorry I mean, for your loss. Yeah, it's it's okay. Um, <laughs> but it's the sport, you know. Yeah, it uh, is. It's what's beautiful about it. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so that QLS. You know, my career is what was able to get me to where I am now, soccer-wise, which is, you know, I started my own team because that's something that I've, that I've always wanted. You know, that's, uh, growing up as a kid, you know, you, you think like, well, what do you want to do when you grow up? A lot of the times people are going to say lawyer, doctor, or something like that, because that's, that's what I would say, because that's what your parents engraved in your head, or that's what society engraves in your head, that that's mm -hmm. what you want to do. But, um, yeah, I mean, I always wanted a, my own club. I always wanted my own soccer team. And now I have it. You made it happen. And it wasn't always in the plan because, you know, at the time, I wanted to play. Yeah. I still play. Uh, I actually started uh, playing with FC Denton before I got the idea to start my own team. Uh, and I think you, you guys, you know, the y'all were one of our foes back in the day in TPSA. Mm -hmm. You guys always gave us a good game. You guys were ever, always very good at, you know, the possession side of mm -hmm. side of the game. You know, we were more counter attack type of team. You guys were difficult to play against because you pressed so hard. So you put us under a lot of pressure. We had to play much quicker than we usually did, and that definitely made it tough playing against you for sure. Um, so what was the inspiration behind starting your team? You obviously talk about, you know, um, you know, wanting, r taking in all the information that you can, reading books and, and, you know, uh, obviously the knowledge that you gain from that is valuable, but if you don't put it into practice, if you don't apply what you're learning, it really doesn't matter at all. Yeah. And so you obviously wanted to, to do something and you did it. And so now you're able to apply the things that you're learning on a daily basis. And so, you know, that's obviously something to be proud of for sure. Yeah. What was, I guess, the, the main uh, inspiration behind starting your club? 
Definitely. Um, and I guess in order to answer that question, I got, I got to backtrack a little bit more. So I, I grew up, uh, you know, I guess you could say a single father because my mom was gone for a lot, a lot of the, a lot of the time due to, you know, uh, medical reasons. Let's, let's just leave it at that. Um, so my dad, you know, I have, uh, there's six of us. So my dad kind of raised us, you know, uh, he's, uh, he was, a uh, when he first came over, he was an illegal immigrant, you know, making close to minimum wage, providing for six six kids in a one-bedroom, you know, I think eventually we moved into a two-bedroom, you know, apartment or even house, you know, sleeping on the floor. So it was a struggle, uh, definitely. And I think that's part of the reason why, you know, I've been, I guess, in a way so successful is because of all of us had to grow up at a quicker pace, you know. Um, so <clears throat> the way I want to connect that with soccer was that he struggled just to sign us up for rec soccer. You know, my brother and I had another brother, Michael, who also played as well, and uh, two sisters and an older brother. So, I mean, it's expensive. Soccer, even even in the rec level, is expensive. Uh, so <clears throat> we would... We would go and play, we would go and practice, and we were always fortunate enough to have a, a coach that, that understood and that would help out when needed, um, such as, you know, giving us a ride back home and stuff. And, and it's actually a funny story because um, when we were playing U12, I believe, you know, we had practices Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, 6 to 8 or 6 to 7 maybe, I, I don't remember. But we didn't have a way to get to, to practice. You know, my, my dad was working. Um, I had a cousin. His name was Albert, which was, we were really close. Uh, we used to play on a team as well. So we would ride our bikes from our house to North Lakes Park, which is, if you know, you know, for those of you from Denton, you know, from Mack Park to North Lakes Park, which is roughly, if I had to guess, 15 miles. Oof. It's a nice little warm-up. That's across town. You know, <laughs> uh, you're, going, you're going from um, East Denton to North Denton. Um, so that was tough. I mean, we learned the sewer, the sewer line where, you know, we avoided the roads. You know, we went in through into the neighborhoods. So it was like a three-hour bike ride to get to practice maybe two and a half I don't know maybe you know you, you always get that that feeling when <clears throat> now that we're older it seems not that far yeah. but when you're a kid it was like whoa this was yeah your you sense know. of time is a little bit off yeah um, so then we practice uh, have our session in and then we'd ride our bikes back we wouldn't get home till like 10 30 11 o'clock and then you're asking you're probably wondering what were you kids doing out at that time? Yeah. You know, and it's funny that those are some of the best memories of my childhood that I that I still hold, and even to this day, I talk to my brother and my cousin Albert. Uh, that hey, that was fun. Yeah. You know, that that was us living the life. You know, other kids probably think, "Well, are you guys crazy," <laughs> but that's what we did. And uh, and going back to your original question, you know. <clears throat> on why I wanted to do the semi-pro thing was because of those 
because of kids like that, you know, because of kids that don't necessarily have what they need in order to follow their soccer dream. Um, so, <clears throat> three years ago, four years ago, I, I joined a organization called Denton Gold, which, you know, they're massive, they're in Denton. Um, great people, you know, and for a great purpose, you know, to help at-risk kids, usually, you know, English is their second language, you know, to help them with community, school, and their family. And I got involved through that from, with my cousin, Josue, and, uh, you know, I started, he, he invited me out, and I was like, oh, I'm kind of busy, man, I, don't, I can't yeah. do that. But then, you know, I, was, I talked to my wife, and I was like, hey, I'm, I'm going to go do this. I've been getting off of work early. I'm going to go help them, see, see what this is about. So I, I, I went, and, you know, I, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the kids, you know. They, they respected me. They, they looked up to me. They looked to, up to me as, like, a mentor. I, the, the other coaches that were there at the time, you know, yeah, they knew the sport, but I mean, knowing the sport and having somebody else that knows the sport and can show you how to play the sport by, you know, a simple juggling and just kicking the ball up and then just trapping it back and keep juggling it without ever falling on the ground. That, that amazes kids, you know, yeah. that's like, whoa, how do I do that? So the kids become engaged and intrigued by it and, and they, want, they want to learn more. They want to do more, 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 more. So I kept going back. You know? um, I had a few disagreements with my cousin, Josue, where like, hey, you, you shouldn't be teaching those kids that. Uh, for example, um, I don't know, maybe a month into it or two months into it, I did a drill where... <laughs> where you go and you're racing against other kid and I wanted them to hit each other. I wanted them to go shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. You know? Um, and they're like, why are, you, why are you encouraging violence? I was like, that's not violence. That's the sport. You know? Uh, I'm not telling them to hit him. I'm telling them, beat to him to get your shoulder in front of him. Once you have the shoulder in front of them, you kind of you kind of control the situation now. Now you're in control because now you can shield the shield the player from getting to the ball before you do. Um, and you know, I kind of got in dispute about that. Um, eventually, you know, he he was in charge, so I was like, okay, you're right. Um, Picking but, battles. Yeah, but picked the battles, and, and you know maybe he was right. Maybe maybe it was maybe they were too young, you know. And that's there's levels to this two things, you know. At the time, you know those kids are starting off, um, and you know maybe now you have a few club teams. Like if you're playing club, maybe that's something that you do teach. But I mean, if you're if you're starting off and trying to teach these kids from scratch, then yeah, maybe you, you wait a little bit for that. But I mean. Soccer is engraved in my blood, so I feel like that was something that these kids needed to know. Anyways, um, I continued going. We played. We ended up uh, actually winning the the gold the gold cup. And give a little bit about the organization. I guess is you know we we had about 
seven, eight schools at the time, all nonprofit, all volunteers, um, that, that, you know, just had a bunch of great people that want to, uh, volunteer their times to help these kids because the kids don't want to go home. They don't want to go home because there's issues at home, you know, similar to my, when I was a kid, you know, I, I don't want to be home. I had, had a mom that wasn't fully up there, you know, she was great, like, I love my mom, don't get me wrong, like, she's, she's awesome, but, I mean, she was suffering from schizophrenia, so that's kind of a, a very hard disease or mental disease to deal with, um, <clears throat> so, so yeah, so, I mean, I used soccer to escape, and just like those kids, and similar to what I talked to some of the coaches that, that, you know, asked me, like, hey, how do I talk to these kids? Sometimes you, you can. I mean, just let them know you're there for them. And when they need it, they'll come to you. Because you, they're, uh, you know, I, I had a, a run-in with one of my ex-teachers uh, and coach. Very, very good guy. His name's Coach, coach Bossenbrook. And uh, <clears throat> I used to sleep in his class, you know. And uh, he asked me, like, Looks like you're looks like you're doing well for yourself, you know. Like uh, I remember when you used to just you, you would come into my class and sleep, and I was like, yeah. But you know, coach, you never asked me why I slept. You know, he's like, thought about it for a second. He's like, oh yeah. I was like, no. I mean, you'd get on to me about you know sleeping in your class, but you never asked me why I slept. He's like, you ever. You ever think that, you know, maybe I uh, had issues at home going on, and uh, and I was being a little serious. But at the, at at the time, I was kidding. I wasn't actually yeah. being serious about it. I was just giving him a hard time about it. And he's like, "Oh, I I didn't think about it." And I was like, "Coach, I'm just kidding. Don't worry mm-hmm. about it. You know, I'm just pulling your leg." Um, but <clears throat> he told me he he then went on and said like. Maybe I should have asked, you know, I should have asked you, uh, you know, what's going on. And I was like, no, you did the right thing by now, because I would have lied to you and I would have said nothing. Yeah. That's what most kids do. You know, when you got something going on at home, they're going to lie and they're going to say, I'm fine. You know, so, uh, so yeah, so that's why I, I gave back. I volunteered my time. Uh, I helped those kids out. Uh, as best as I could. Some some of them, you know, are lost case because some of them, you know, you can only do so much for them. You can only help somebody that, that's willing to accept your help. Um, after that, we went on to win this Gold Cup uh, and uh, the next year, the next season, I my wife is a teacher in the Louisville ISD um, where she, she used to be. Uh, I pitched the idea to my wife and I said, why don't we start our own program here in Louisville? Because at the time, Denton Gold was just in Denton. I think they had a school in Gainesville. Um, so we started uh, what is now uh, Huffines Husky Force, Huffines uh, Middle School in Louisville. And uh, started the program from scratch. You know, she, she told me, she, she told me that they were having issues at school because too many kids were staying after school and they were getting in fights, and they were up to no good, you know, and I told her, I was like, well, okay, why don't you let me talk to your principal, and see if maybe we can help, you know, I can come after work for an hour, 
put some drills for the kids, you know, they can play, and then maybe if she's interested, they can join the Denton Gold League, and they have, you know, teams to compete against. Um, it was like success, you know, the kids, a lot of the kids came, hung out, even the ones that didn't like soccer came and played because some of their other friends were there, so they just wanted to be with their friends. Yeah. So. I had a good program. I mean, uh, Huffines ha has a very high Burmese community, which, if you don't know who they are, they're uh, refugees um, from Myanmar. Uh, they, they're actually at civil war with each other because of religion. So you have the North and the South, so there's a big dispute there. So they're, they're, they're refugees. There's a lot of communities there in Louisville. Um, and... <clears throat> A lot of my kids were from that area. Their English wasn't the best, but you know they they confided in me. They they uh, they liked me. They they let me you know teach them and coach them, and they they trusted me. And they it's very hard to earn their trust. If you can ask any teacher there in the Louisville area, a lot of the teachers there at the school would tell me like my best player. They would say, oh, that's a bad kid. Why? Oh, he's involved with gangs. I can't tell, you know. He comes out there, he's the most respectful kid. The other kids look up to him. He's our number one goal scorer. He's our best player. He's our leader, you know. Maybe you guys need to approach him in a different manner instead of thinking that, you know, he's a bad kid. He's not a bad kid. Putting he's him just, in that box. He's just misunderstood. Exactly. So, <clears throat> we went on to go undefeated that season. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. one game and that was our final game that was the championship game how old are these kids that you're working with these kids were 12 to 14 years old they're in middle school 6th 7th and 8th grade and we actually had some 5th graders as well because some of our 7th and 8th graders were like hey my cousin or my little brother goes to school down the street and he wants to come play after school Kenny um, like, yeah sure who am I to say no why not yeah yeah, and even the fifth graders, I had one kid, his name was Moses, the kid was a beast, even to this day now, I sometimes randomly hit him up on Instagram, I was like, hey, you playing club yet? No, no coach, and I was like, let me find you a team, the kid was a yeah. stud, the kid was out of this world, and I know that if any club would see him play, would give him a full ride scholarship, because he's that good, he just doesn't know, opportunity. yeah. There's a lot of kids out there. And oh, that's a common story for sure. Yeah, so <clears throat> I don't want to go too much about that. So our season, that season, uh, we ended up losing the championship game. We actually ended up uh, having enough kids. My team was the, the only co-ed team in the league, and we still went undefeated with girls on our team. You know, when the tournament, the Gold Cup tournament came around, we had enough girls and we had enough boys to make a boys and a girls team. So we actually ended up winning the girls 
tournament, the Girl Cup tournament. So they were champions. Our boys team got to the finals and lost to the finals to another uh, Louisville Galaxy team, which the, that team, you know, they always have a great team because similar to some of my guys, some of my kids, they're Burmese as well. Right. They, were, they, they click. They don't, they don't have PlayStations. They don't have Xboxes. They have their feet and they have a soccer ball and that's what they do. That's what mm -hmm. they, they play. And, and I love it about them, you know? Um, but yeah, so that was our first season. Um, it was fun. It was enjoyable. The kids had a great time. Um, my wife would get on to me a little bit about it because, uh, they, they didn't have a form of transportation which was difficult, especially I lived in Denton. They went to school in Louisville. They lived in Louisville. And then well, the majority of our Denton goal games were in Denton. So I would drive from Denton, you know, to Louisville, pick some of them up, and even at times do multiple runs where I would fill them in my car, bring them to Denton, make another trip, fill my car up, bring them to Denton. And... <clears throat> that's not allowed you know for the district it's, it's, that's a no-no that's me taking a big risk because anything could have happened you know but the way I see it is I was those kids <laughs> you know I didn't have a ride my wife would get on to me and tell me like you know we, we shouldn't be doing that I was like I know but when I was a kid I didn't have a ride just like these kids and I knew how how horrible it felt and how how bad it felt to feel left out, you know, like I wanna go play. Like I would ride my bike, you know, but so yeah, so I would do that and uh, um we continued the next season. Some of the kids, uh a lot of them went on to high school. Um and uh, we had a new group of kids come in from sixth grade and, and we did the same thing again. We had a boys and a girls team and, uh, and it was awesome. It was great. Uh, had a great season. It wasn't as, as well as the last one, but it, it was, it was a fun season. Um, we went on to lose the Gold Cup Championship again for the with the women's. The first season we won it, the second season we, we lost it. Um, we went on to huh, the boys. Oh, the boys. I didn't take the boys to the Gold Cup because they, uh, towards the end of the season, I guess they got, you know, what you, we call senioritis. And they wanted to be out, so they didn't want to do the community service project, which is one of the requirements to be a, associated with the single. So, they didn't go. We didn't take them. Had a great team. Could have competed. Could have won it, to be honest. I think we had the best team. But, I mean, there's morals to things. Like, if you don't want to be respectful to the program or the organization that's giving you so much, then you're not going to be a part of it. Right? <clears throat> Anyways, um, so, as the years progressed, um, you know, our, my kid now, Dot, uh, probably the oldest one, I believe he's a senior now, 
or he's a junior now. So then I started thinking, like, what, what are these kids, what are they going to do? Yeah, what's next for them? What's next? So we started thinking, you know, UPSL came around in our area, and I started thinking, like, I can give these kids a platform to play in after high school is over. You don't necessarily have to go and play it at the college level. So that's what I did, you know, and uh, I'm blessed to have two, three of the kids that I coached the first year there at Betty Myers with my cousin now. Uh, one of them, um, he's a senior in high school right now, and, uh, and I do one-on-one -on -one sessions with him, you know, free of charge because, you know, I, I can use the practice and he can use the practice. He wants to play in college. Actually, he says he doesn't want to go play in college, but then I talked to him a little bit, and kids are going to lie to you, you know, because that's what their parents told him. No, you're not going to college. We can't afford that. But secretly, he does. Yeah, and I got it out of him. Yeah. You know, you want to go play college? No? He's like, why not? What if, what if you got a full ride? Yeah, I would go. But you do want to go and play college. Yeah. Like, yeah, I want to go play. I was like, all right, then say it. Say you want to go play. It's like, I want to go play. I was like, all right, then let's make it happen now. Okay, let's train with me once a week, and I will make sure you go and play in college. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but we're going to make it happen. Okay, And uh, I think he's slowly starting to believe that he's going to go and play college. He's good enough. You know, He's the best in the, in, in the, in the team at Ryan. And he has the grades for it. I asked him, what's your GPA? It's low. What's your GPA? 3.4? It's like, what do you mean low? Low was when I was in high school. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good GPA. That's you know? great. You, know? so, you can get into uh, any school with that pretty much. Yeah, so I've been... Uh, <clears throat> Helping them out, and I mean that's that's what this is about, and that that's what I do, what I do, what I do. Like my, my wife, like I said at the time, was getting on to me like, you can't be giving these kids these rides. You could get in trouble. What if you get in a car accident? And she's right. But I don't know. I had I had something here in my gut or in my heart or something that that was telling me these kids need your help. Help them. Yeah, obviously it's a liability, but it's just the right thing to do, man. And it's really great what you're doing. You know, your your story is definitely inspiring to me. And um, you know, it's that's that's kind of how these, I guess, local semi-pro teams. And I say that because it's, I guess, officially a semi-professional league. Ultimately, it's an amateur level, but it's offering kids like that an opportunity to continue playing past, you know, high school, past club soccer. Yeah. And, and that's just going to open up more doors for them. So it's, it's only for the benefit of the entire, you know, community. Like whether, you know, their story matches, you know, kind of what you're talking about or, you know, whether they have a different back background entirely. Um, so keep up the good work, man. Um, you know, I really like... You know, hearing stuff like that. Um, what is the next steps for you now? Like, what do you want to do with NTX Legends going forward? You know, what are your plans for the future? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, this season, 
looks very promising. We've, we've got a good, strong, close to 50 players on the team, you know, so we're going we're gonna to do a reserve team this season. Um, and I want to go and tap into the women's uh, program as well, just, just like a lot of the people, just like a lot of the teams are in, in, our, in our area. It's a big market. It's an untapped market. Uh, it's been tapped into, but not enough. Uh, especially there in the Denton area. Uh, we got UNT, who is the six-time Conference USA champions. Uh, and then we got TWU, Texas Women's University there as well, that has another great soccer program yeah. that they don't have a platform to play in up to this point besides the WPSL, which is in you know, what, Dallas? Yeah. So that's that's what we're uh, looking at. Um, we want to go into the youth in the fall. We tried doing that last season, and we had a big, uh, big amount of kids that showed up. Um, unfortunately, the UPSL couldn't get, you know, their, their teams or their youth academy thing going. So... Uh, so we had to put that on pause, but yeah, we were gonna pick that back, pick back up on that in the fall. Um, but yeah, that's I got a, an, another interesting offer fairly recently, and and uh, I'm gonna discuss that with my wife and see if we want to go into that route as well. But I, I don't want to give too much out yet. You're not legally allowed to discuss this right now. Is it, is that what you're saying? Correct. Or right. there's nothing official yet, so we'll move past it then. <laughs> so looking back on your story, your life, what are some of the biggest challenges that you face, and how have you overcome them? The biggest challenge in my life has definitely been, um, you know, my childhood, uh, and like I mentioned, I think it's made me stronger. I think it's made me the person that that I am today and that's that's why I'm here and that's why I do what I do is because I wanna engrave in every child's or every kid's brain that, you know, just because you are where you are at the time or at this moment, this present moment, doesn't mean that that's where you're gonna be. Doesn't mean that you're gonna be a statistic, you know? Like, you know, my statistics, based on what I, where I'm from, you know, my parents were both illegal immigrants, now they're both U.S. citizens, <clears throat> lived very poor, you know, like, you know, there was days where I, I didn't have lunch, you know, what's for lunch? Oh, you know, we're, we're out of school, I would get a free lunch from school, so, oh, it's summer, summer school now, we don't get free lunch, yeah. so, I mean, dad's working, you go into the fridge... <laughs> Three or four times, knowing damn well there's nothing in there. Nothing new appears. Or, or a tomato, you yeah. put a little bit of salt and tomato, eat the tomato, or hey, there's a lime. Let me cut this lime open and eat the lime. Gotta get creative. And, uh, and it's it's funny. I joke about it now. Also, let me eat this ice cube. You know that way it actually feels like I'm eating food or something. <laughs> uh, maybe it was it was one of the reasons why I never gained weight. But I mean, um, you know. Uh, that made me stronger, and you know, I talk about it to my siblings now, which they're all doing well as well. Like you know, they're they're doing good for themselves. It's like I we grew up 
quickly because of that. We we learn to take care of ourselves because of it. I I speak to many individuals and and I don't know. I guess the the thing that I'm trying to say is that don't let your life limit you because you know your worth. You know. Yeah, I mean that's 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 something a special message that I think everyone needs to hear. And it sounds like you are trying to spread that message to the people that you interact with, the people that you impact on a daily basis. You can literally do anything you want to do, but you just have to have the belief first, then the commitment, and then the execution. You got to go and actually do what you're saying you're going to do. And if you don't do it, well, I mean, it's not just going to happen. You know, it's not just going to appear to you out of thin air. Like, you have to actually put in the work. Yeah, and I sure. think that's where a lot of people, uh, that's that's where a lot of people um, get held up is getting to that next phase or overcoming adversity and continuing to putting put in the work. So yeah. you know when people do overcome those adver or sorry, whenever people do face those challenges, those adversities, why do you think generally they fail instead of pushing through them? I think it, it is because, and I have this, this, uh, this problem as well, is that they put mental blocks on themselves. They overthink. You think about it too much. Um, you know what needs to get done. You know, let's say you have a goal and you want to achieve it. But then you put mental blocks where there's a voice in your head telling you, you can't do that. What are people going to think? What... What if you fail? What if it doesn't work out the way it does, uh, the way you plan it to? Mm -hmm. What if people laugh about what you're doing? Who cares? You know, do it. Get it done. You know, like you said, execute. You know, plan and execute. Um, that's, you know, some similar to what I did with the team. I almost talked myself out of it. You know, I spoke it into existence. I told my wife, hey, I'm doing this. Why, Richard? You can't. I'm like, what do you mean you can't? <laughs> what, do we, what do you mean I can't? Watch me. You know? And it got to the point where I got, I kept putting it off and kept procrastinating and I kept saying like, oh, maybe I'll wait. And you know, one day my wife asked me, I was like, hey, so are, are, we, are we still doing this? And I was like, whoa, babe, I, I think we should wait till the fall, you know? And she looked at me and, you know, in a way, gave me a, a virtual slap in the face. Mm -hmm. And told me, I was like, I can't believe you just said that to me. I was like, Richard, you're doing it. And I was like, okay, thank you. I needed that. You know, and sometimes you need, you need somebody to, to uh, hang on to or somebody to, you know, lift you up. Uh, every now and then because I was overwhelmed. I have a very stressful job. You know, I have a lot. I have a boss that's always on my ass about things like, you know, hey, you need to do this. Hey, you need to be at work no later than this time. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, believe in yourself. Love it. I don't know if that answers the question. I forgot. I think it, it covers it. So next question. What does greatness mean to you? What is your definition of greatness? Greatness means to me having a sense of fulfillment in their life. Going 
at the end of the day, I guess, when you're close to lying in bed or you're lying in bed thinking, hey, I had a productive day. I got a lot done. You know, that's fulfillment. Because every day you get a new opportunity to accomplish some of those goals of yours. You know? And just keep moving forward. Take it day by day. Yeah. You know, it, it's we have a long life, and we never know. We don't know how much how much longer we're gonna live. But let's say you live to eighty, you know, you're not gonna think eighty like, or, or like hopefully you do. You know, hey, I had a successful life. I had a fulfilling life. You know, but don't wait till you're eighty. Do it today. Like you know, at the end of the day, hey, whether it's hey, I'm gonna work on getting my left foot. Uh, work out my left foot because that's my weak foot and you go and put you know 20 shots with your left foot and you put them all in the goal like you know put in the work mm-hmm. that's fulfillment all the yeah definitely definitely so now looking back you know what piece of advice would you give to your younger self that's a tough one you know um procrastinate less I'm a procrastinator you know I'm preaching get it done yeah I'm preaching get it done but I mean it's it's a lot harder said than done sometimes you know I pull a 12 hour shift and I get home and I know that we have a game the next day and I need to do a game announcement or I need to you know put the roster up and let the guys know like hey this is what you need <clears throat> and I procrastinate, you know, I'll wait till the last moment, but procrastinate less. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the advice that I would give myself, like, you know, yeah, that's my answer. Cool. Procrastination. <laughs> last question. What message do you want to leave people with? Be good to one another. Um, I think there's a lot of evil in this world. A lot of evil in this world, and and sometimes it's just it's it's not even put out there. Sometimes it's just in your head. Yeah. But be good to make the world better. You know. Um. I mean, that's what I live. That's what I. That's what I strive for. You know, treat treat thy neighbor how you would like to be treated as well. So. Um, my answer for that one I don't know if I can elaborate any more than that no, that's good right on man you know definitely appreciate your time I, I it was a pleasure hearing your story um, definitely looking forward to, to getting to know you more in the future and and hopefully we'll see your teams on the pitch very soon before we wrap up do you have uh, a way that people can get in touch with you yeah for sure uh, you can uh, follow our Facebook and Instagram page uh, Facebook, North Texas Legends FC. And on Instagram, it's at NTX Legends FC. Um, and you can also reach me by email, you know, richard.aguirre at ntxlegendsfc.com. But, uh, you know, thanks for having me. It's, it's been fun. It's, it's always nice expressing oneself. Absolutely. I'm right there with you, brother. Hey, thanks again for your time. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you next time. Peace.